talks right here we gonna talk about it right here we gonna talk about everything you like i'ma make it real real clear it's today talks right here we gonna talk about it right here i'm gonna talk about everything you like i'ma make it real real quick cause it's today talk and i'ma talk about it yeah cause it's today talk and i'ma talk about it Hey, 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 She's going to talk about everything from her confidence, her marriage, her weight loss struggles, her health problems associated with being obese and what she's doing to combat and fight that battle. And she's not doing it alone. But first, we're going to hear from our sponsors. We want to give a shout out to Caring Angels Home Care, a proud sponsor of the Tanae Talks podcast. Caring Angels Home Care. Caring Angels provides exceptional in-home care services for seniors. Such care includes mobility assistance, transferring and positioning, meal preparation, in-home companionship, grocery shopping, incontinence care, and much more. These services can help prolong an aging person's ability to live independently and safely. Caring Angels has locations in Flint and Ann Arbor, Michigan. For more information, call 810-422-5044 or 734-757-5896. Caring Angels is insured and ready to care for your loved one. Caring Angels accepts private payment and long-term care insurance. Let Caring Angels put an earth angel in your loved one's home today. Be sure to let uh, caring angels, caring angels, put a earth angel in your home today. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, if you're just now tuning into the Tanae Talks podcast today, I will have special guest Miss Whitney uh, Wheeler. Oh, I think it's Franklin now. I've been saying Wheeler. That's her maiden name, Whitney Franklin, on to talk about her 500 pound life. Please welcome Miss Whitney Wheeler Franklin. Welcome, Whitney. Hi, Tanae. It's such a pleasure to have you on my show today. First of all, I just thought about that at this present moment that I've been calling you Whitney. Is it? Wait, is Franklin your name? Franklin is my maiden name. Oh, Wheeler so, is my name. Okay, so I've been doing it right. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm so glad to be talking about this topic today about obesity in um, my 500 pound life. Um, there's there's even a TV show now on the Learning Channel uh, called I think My 600 Pound Life, and it's just a big thing right now because the United States is one of the 
uh, most obese countries in the world and everybody is fighting the battle of the bulge. Uh, most Americans are overweight, whether they're obese or not. Most of us, including myself, are overweight. So um, I just find it to be fascinating. I know people always judge people that are overweight or talk about them. And people always want to know, how does one get to being 500 pounds? People, you know, place such judgment there on like, what were you doing? Or what were you doing at pound 300? What were you doing at pound 399? And it's not, um, it's not one of those things that is just easy to pinpoint on as to how you get that way. Because me being overweight, sometimes I don't even realize that the pounds have crept up on me. Um, until I put on a pair of pants or I put on a shirt or really the real killer is when someone posts an unflattering picture of you (laughs) (laughs) and you like, Oh, that'll do do. you like, Oh, I'm big, big. Okay. I see what you did there. (laughs) So Whitney, um, tell, before I get into my question, do you, can you tell us a little bit about your, your journey thus far? And at what age did you begin to overeat or eating become a problem for you yeah well um again thank you so much for having me today and allowing me to share my story um to be completely honest with you obesity is something that I've struggled with my entire life I can't think of a time where I wasn't overweight or obese uh, my first real recall was that I really realized that I was different from other children I was in the first grade, and we um, had to weigh in. Um, we were working on the project. They did, we did our height, uh, weight, everything. And like, like I said, first grade. And people got um, – people stood up, kids, and we, as the students, had to guess what the weight was going to be. So when I stood up, I remember kids, like, just naming – like, saying outrageous numbers. Mm-hmm. One boy was like uh, 200 pounds or something being funny. Mm-hmm. And then we got on the scale. Now, all of my classmates were in, you know, uh, a normal weight range. And when I got on the scale in first grade, I was 131 pounds. Wow. In the first grade? Yeah, in, in first grade. Yeah. Wow. You know, so that just goes to show you I have been struggling with obesity my entire life. Now, I've always been the type to not let my weight kind of be a crutch for me, you know. So I've always been pretty, but I was always overweight. So I Come on, pretty. Always been fine. Been fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> Thick in the waist and cute in the face, okay? Okay. Say it again. <laughs> and my entire life was trying to uphold the big girl name, the big girl reputation. Mm -hmm. So I had to make sure I had a boyfriend. I had to make sure I was in every activity that they were, you know, that typical big girls couldn't participate in. I was the one in school. I was the cheerleader. I was on the pom-pom squad. I was the captain of the cheerleading team, you know, Mm -hmm. starting from middle school. You know, I was the one that always did extra. I was in all the activities. I was in drama. I was popular. So, I I mean, from middle school through even my college years, you know, I've always been the one that I didn't let my weight put a crutch on me mm-hmm. until, you know, uh, and I know we're going to get more deep into it, but I got to a place where I had to 
realize, you know, obesity was trying to kill me. Exactly. So I had to get to a place where I needed to, you know, make changes for health reasons. You know, and I think a lot of times we be in denial about our weight. And we, we do. You know, want to be so fine, but at the end of the day, ain't nothing. Ain't, I ain't gonna say ain't nothing cute about obesity, but ain't nothing cute about obese health um, health related issues due, due to, to obesity. obesity. So let's go back a little bit. You're in the first grade. You're 131 pounds. How how are your parents contributing to this? Do your parents not see a problem with the first grader weighing uh, the weight of uh, a high schooler or or, yeah. or a grown person? You know what? My mother struggled with obesity. Um, she was overweight my entire life. You know, my grandmother, she struggled with obesity as well. So... And another thing, I was also tall in first grade, mm-hmm. so I was taller than a lot of the kids in my class, you know, so it kind of stretched out a little bit, mm-hmm. but it was still horrible. But I knew that my mother and them, you know, struggled. They, It was always like yo-yo diets going on in the house. Mm-hmm. I had my aunt um, who used to like take me, I'll ride my bike while she's going walking, you know. So I knew that something was wrong with being overweight, but we didn't make enough positive choices to do anything about it. You know, I'll watch my mother do slim fast, weight watchers <laughs> and all this stuff, but it wasn't ever a big impact on it. It was never an impact and she probably never was consistent enough for it to really have a real impact. Um, Correct. You know, you met my mother has passed on and you met my mom and and she loved you immediately. And my my mother was obese, but my mother hated the word obese. If you said obese to my <laughs> to my mom, I'm just thinking about it right now. She'd be like, hell, I don't like the word obese because I ain't obese. I'm just fat and I look good and I look good and I don't look bad. And everybody else got a problem with my weight. So that was my mom's you know, take on it. But I think sometimes you need to hear the word obese because it do sound, it sounds worse than just saying you're fat. And sometimes you need that wake up call to be like, yes, I am obese. This is a, uh, this is an alarming word. You know what I'm saying? So let's, let's do something about it. And, you know, they come from a generate, like, I feel like now everyone is health conscious. We live in the Instagram world where, you know, you got to have the small waist, the pretty face, the large, butt, large bosom. Basically you need to be shaped like a Barbie doll um, to be, Mm -hmm. to be considered beautiful. But like in our parents' generation, as long as you pretty much was a good person, you know, you, there wasn't such emphasis on like beauty, like physical beauty like that, even though, you know, my mama looked good and she was fine, but you know, (laughs) she was just like, my mom's thing was, I don't care if I'm big, as long as I smell good, no big person should smell bad. You need to wash yourself (laughs) and things of that, that nature. But like you said, there wasn't, even in my household, it wasn't a big emphasis on exercise. And I, too, was a cheerleader. And so, you know, as a cheerleader, all you do is exercise. So I was pretty fit. Um, so, you know, talking about our mothers and things, I know that your mom and your grandmother passed on um, due to uh, being overweight, complications with being overweight. Um, how did the death of your mother and your grandmother affect your eating habits? And do you consider yourself to be an emotional eater? Yes, um, <laughs> it's so 
it's so ironic that my grandmother, she passed away in 1998, um, January of 1998, from um, congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. And my mother, um, and my grandmother was in her um, 40s when she passed away. So she was young. My mother... Yeah, very young. Mm-hmm. Very young. And then my mother passed away December 2nd of 2009 and congestive heart failure. She had congestive heart failure. She was diagnosed with congestive heart failure a few years before she passed away. Mm-hmm. And she had a heart attack um, December 2nd. And at that time, that was probably the first real... Now, I knew my grandmother passed away from you know, health-related issues due to obesity. But it didn't dawn on me until after my mother passed away because I was older. And I'm like, wait a minute. So if you, you so being overweight, it can kill you. You know, it mm-hmm. ain't all about trying to hide this, you know, trying to hide the fact that you're unhealthy, trying to do all of this stuff, piling on makeup and stuff to try mm-hmm. to hide the fact that you're obesity. I mean, overweight, it will kill you. Now, my grandmother, she participated in a program called OA, Overeaters Anonymous. Mm, okay. It's a 12-step program. Like and Alcohol that, Anonymous uh, or Narcotics Anonymous? Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, so I remember my grandmother being a part of OA, and she lost like 130-something pounds from it. This was years ago when the program really was first jumping off. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a young girl, so I remember her being a part of that program. Um, and it's when I, before my mother passed away, someone introduced me to a separate branch of, um, overeaters. It's called FA. Mm-hmm. So my first year in college, I participated in FA, Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous. Um, and I did that for a few months and I was able to lose a lot of weight and I felt really good my first year of school. And then, of course, when you're in college, you can't be on a discipline program like that. SA, they basically say we have an allergy to flour and sugar. Mm. We can't eat foods that have flour and sugar in it because it, it gives us an uncontrollable craving, you know. So it taught us how to, you know, eliminate those foods or whatever. But, you know, it's hard, especially being in college cutting out sweets and all of that so I instantly fell off that bandwagon gained a little few pounds that I lost gained it back my mother was never for that program Mm -hmm. you know she always was into weight watchers you know just watch your weight and all of that but she never stuck with it there was never a maintenance plan in my household Mm -hmm. you know we never had any type of I, I can count on one hand how many vegetables I was introduced to throughout my childhood Mm mm-hmm if it wasn't cabbage, greens, green beans, or corn, I didn't mess with it. <laughs> That's what it was. Seriously. And it's, it's so <laughs> That's in- what it was. It's so interesting because when we think about that generation of our grandmother and mother, another reason why my mom wasn't so pressed on losing weight because um, I want to say racism plays a part in it too because things would come out. Like I remember my grandmother smoked cigarettes and you know, when we were in school, it was a big thing about stop smoking and smoking stinks. Yuck. Remember all those like advertisements. Mm-hmm. And so I remember <laughs> I came home and I was like, grandma, you should not, you should not smoke cigarettes. You're going to die. And it's bad for your lungs and all this stuff. And my grandma, that's just a white man. Don't want us to smoke, you know? <laughs> so, 
so this in the same in the same thing with weight, right? So when it came to weight, you know, we're you're in school, you go to school, your teacher learns something, you learn about being, you know, eating right in the five food groups and mom, you should eat this. And my mom's thing was uh, we eat what we want to eat. Um, nobody in our family died of blah, blah, blah. And at that time, it was true because her, all of the older people in our lives had lived long lives. And some of them had been overweight. So my mom couldn't piece two and two together to say, you know, that food is not the food that's killing me or whatever. But I don't think Mm -hmm. my mom also realized that food was prepared differently in the olden times. So a person could be overweight, but they were farming their own food and it wasn't pesticides in it. And, you know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. all this, like you said, the group was, you were allergic or you couldn't have the flour and the sugar. Now it seems like every meal, every ingredient, even the healthy things have flour and sugar in it. So I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think that our parents generation were, were understanding what was, what's happening in the food industry. Even now it's getting worse and worse because they're saying that the planet won't be able to sustain all the people with the food sources we have. So now you got people playing with the food, uh, carbon copying the food, you know, doing all these things with the food, genetically, uh, GMOs, genetically modified foods and all this stuff. And so they're not piecing two and two together. Like this is causing the great obesity. This is calling, causing great, you know, health problems. So I, I understand. We- Go ahead. I was going to say, and we also live in a world that we want everything to be instantaneously. You know, we want we want everything right now. You know, it's easier to go to a restaurant, you know, go to McDonald's on your way home, go pick up a pizza, go do this, go do that. We really live in a world. How many people really get down in the kitchen like that? You know, <laughs> it's hard for me if you're balancing, you know, some people are mothers, husbands, and I mean, have a, you know, trying to maintain their household mm-hmm. as well as carry a career. The last thing you want to do is try to come home and cook a full course meal every day, you know? Yeah. Like my mother was a stay at home mom. So she cooked a couple times a day. Mm-hmm. For me, it was really hard. It was more convenient for me to, you know, go and get fast food. Yeah. So just having that discipline of being able to cook every single day, you know, back in the day, yeah, they cooked every Yeah, you know, like, you know, we always said Big Mama, Big Mama, <laughs> nine times out of ten, had a garden in the backyard, you know, she and her cooking breakfast, and lunch, and dinner. Wasn't no running to McDonald's and no. all of this. McDonald's, you know, was a, McDonald's was definitely a luxury. I remember, like, getting Little Caesars was a big thing. Like, our eyes would light up like Christmas trees. Like, we can, we can, uh, okay. Little Caesars today. Oh my God. Or, or my mama said we could have McDonald's. It was like, oh my God, give me a number two. But all my, all my son know is mama take me to golden chick mama take me to chick-fil-a mama i want this and and my son because genetically on his father's side they're more slimmer people so he's able to get through Mm -hmm. it but i have to make sure i incorporate vegetables with my son and he's such a picky eater so i have to make sure well you got to eat well if you're going to eat this you have to eat uh cucumber slices or you got to eat carrots and luckily praise to any the to the parent at my son's school who introduced him to celery because if it would have been 
than me, he would have never ate it. So shout out to you. Um, but, you <laughs> but you gotta do, you know, the, these little tricks. I want to take a moment to acknowledge the people in my chat room today. If you have any questions for Whitney, if you have any questions on, for myself, if you want to weigh in on your, maybe your battles with overeating or being overweight. Uh, so shout out to Wayne, shout out to Vincent, shout out to Brandon, everyone that's tuning in. Um, uh, anyone who's listening who hasn't commented in the chat room, feel free to place your questions there. I'm more than happy to answer them, and Whitney is as well. Um, so, you know, we talk about our parents. We're talking about genetically modified foods and all these things taking a toll on us. Um, you, you were five. Let's, I want to let everyone know that Whitney was 500 pounds. Where is your weight at now? How much do you weigh? Yes, so my highest weight, um, April 7th, was when I officially started my journey back, April 7th of this year, 2018, 5.25. Wow. And where are you now? Right now, um, I'm 4.31. 4.31. So you, how much total is that? How much have you lost? 93 pounds. Um, I've lost 93 pounds, and... I'm pushing for that hundred pound mark. That's my next goal. Yeah, go from there. Yeah, but um, in six months, <laughs> that's and crazy. That that is that is yeah. phenomenal. So. We're talking about, we were talking about our parents and their eating habits and, and sort of social norms that were going on back then. Do you think that maybe mother and grandmother and people of that generation, because a lot of them didn't believe in going to therapy and counseling, that maybe food being a part of their life as comfort played a role in, you know, them being the sizes that they were? That they were? I'm going to be completely honest with you. And, you know, I'm always transparent because we need a platform to be able to talk. You know, mm-hmm. um, my family, um, I come from a family where multiple people struggle with different addictions anyway. Mm-hmm. So for my mother and grandmother, food was definitely a part of that addiction, which is why, you know, and when I say that, I mean, Every everything in our lives was centered around food, you know. Um, the holidays came because we were gonna, you know, cooking was the main the main center for fold of everything. Mm-hmm. When it came to birthdays, holidays, special events, everything it was just centered around food, you know. When I was hurt, you know, my when I was when I'm hurting, I was taught, you know. You go get something to eat when you're happy as a reward. <laughs> For sure. Food was a reward, you know? And, and and I really sit down and think about that. Like, no wonder I was so messed up in the mind because food was the only thing that I could turn to. Food was the comfort, you know? Mm-hmm. Food is was so important in my life especially when you're getting to a place where you feel like you don't have control over a lot of things. Food was so important. So I watched my grandmother, you know, um, I didn't been over her house sometimes. I, this is when I was real young and she in there, we make, she making a sweet potato pie. This ain't Thanksgiving. It ain't no <laughs> special holiday. We just going to sit up here and eat this homemade sweet potato pie. You know, <laughs> right. I watched my mother, um, you know, we would get, it'd be late at night. I'll wake up and like 
one o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and my mother in there, she done made her and my stepfather a steak and potato. Ain't no green nothing on the plate. <laughs> so I'm interested right. since I done woke up. Go ahead, go in there, get you some smothered potatoes, you know, or something like mm-hmm. that. So it was no type of structure. It was no limitations for me for the refrigerator. I, I could walk in my refrigerator and I could eat anything I wanted at any time. There was no type of structure. She structured everything else in my life. Except but that. was not something that, because I felt like my mother, for her, she didn't have, you know, we were all like a fixed income. We received assistance and different things of mm-hmm. that nature. So I really believe that for my mother, because she couldn't give me everything, she wasn't going to deprive me from food. Yeah. I felt like she knew because she, you know, my mother bragged on the fact that she kept a clean closet. She kept us full, you know. Mm-hmm. So she would make sure I would come home from school. The first thing she would call to ask me, what do you want me to cook for you? Mm-hmm. That was her joy of being able to be me. <laughs> like, I really believe that. The older I get, I'm like, yeah, my mother loved the fact that my favorite food was spaghetti. So she would make me a big pot of spaghetti mm-hmm. when I got home. You know, That's interesting like that, that you so. said that, you know, being on a, a fixed income. Um, so one of my Facebook followers wrote that today. Their status read, I might not be able to get my kids everything, but there's always going to be something on the stove. And so I think that plays a role in it because a a woman's pride and her joy is also her family. And to be able to feed her family, that is accomplishment. You know, and, and there are food deserts out here. The communities that we live in, there's not always the best produce there. Um, I remember when... Um, I'm from I'm from Michigan. I'm from Flint, Michigan. I remember when I moved to the suburb, the local suburb, Grand Blank, and I there the Kroger there had the most shiny, beautiful produce that it it attracted you to the produce. And then I made a comparison to the Kroger on the north side of Flint that was on Pearson and Clio, and I'm like, the produce section is not attractive. It doesn't make you want to be like, ooh, let me go over there. And it's just like from from neighborhood to neighborhood how things are propped up how things are sold to the eye because people are attracted to the way things look and so you know that that plays a role in it um i can relate to you saying that your mom cooking a full course meal. my mom cooked a full course meal 7 days a week so when people brag like you said when people brag about what they're cooking for thanksgiving thanksgiving could be at my house on a wednesday in march <laughs> because yep. that's how yep. that's how well, my mama it. cooked food and so luckily my sister and I were never overweight um um as children or teens or anything of that nature but we always did have like sugary things our thing was to when a new tv show came on to have as many snacks as we could and we're still like that to this day a new movie come out okay let's make sure we have all the snacks to the point where I know that I have a sugar addiction and it's hard for me to wean myself off of it and because I have a sugar addiction it is and because I'm getting over older and I'm not as active as I was as a teen those those that is settling down into my body. And so how does your 500, you being 500 pounds at that time and still now being in the 400 realm, I want to say congratulations on such weight loss. People in the chat room said that you, that's so dope of you to keep your weight off. Congratulations. Keep it up. And Vincent said that is totally awesome. So we're, we're rooting for you. We want those pounds to continue to drop down and come down. But how does being, um, a 400 
pounds plus, 500 pounds, affect your mental health? How does it take a, a toll on your mental state? Man, listen. Obesity, it's, it's depressing. You know, um, I suffered from depression. when my, After my mother passed away, uh, well, the yeah, after my mother passed away is when I really went into like a really, really, really bad state of depression. And at that time, I felt like a part of me had literally ripped out of, you know, like my heart was just broken into a million pieces. Mm-hmm. It's like a part of when my mother died, I felt like a part of me left with her. Me and too. You feel soulless. Know. You feel like your soul is like you ripped feel, out of your body. Like what is yeah, happening? <laughs> For sure. You For know, sure. And I and I didn't know how to cope with that. And I looked for so many different avenues to help me to deal with those emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I looked at, I mean, girl, from the time my mother passed away through almost the first full year. And I, and I, I my family members don't even know how bad it was. <laughs> even my roommate at the time, she ended up fighting about it, but. I had got to a place where I was drinking almost a fifth of Ciroc almost a day. Wow. Just to cope. With like, the pain. I was done. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, it was really, really bad. And alcohol played a big part of how the weight begins to creep up, too. Mm-hmm. I want to pause then, you right there. So, for the listeners out there, um, I read a health magazine, and many people don't know that we get most of our calories through liquid. Because liquid, it's, it's easy for us to creep up on us. So we're, we're eating our meal, our regular meal, maybe that's 400 calories. And then we'll have maybe a 16-ounce, 20-ounce, um, or 32-ounce uh, Coke, Sprite, whatever you want to call it. And we're, we're ingesting those liquid calories. And because it's liquid, we're, it, it's, it's, it's like a second thought. We don't even think about it. Like, oh, whatever. And so when she's saying that she's drinking a fifth of Ciroc, Ciroc, most alcohol that any personal trainer will tell you when you're trying to lose weight, lay off drinking because the liquor has so many carbohydrates in it and carbohydrates turns into sugar, which then turns into fat and so on and so forth. Sugar and carbohydrates, which is where your weight gain comes to. So I understand how she could say, I'm drinking all this Ciroc and you might be saying, well, it's not food, but those liquid calories will get you um, every time. And I can also relate to you, Whitney, saying that you're not knowing what to do. When my mother passed on, there's so many things I could have turned to. Liquor, drugs, sometimes people turn to sex, all these different things because you're trying to fill this void. The void of losing your mother is like the, the hole in the Grand Canyon. And y'all know the Grand Canyon is big. <laughs> and so you're trying to do whatever you can to to patch up these holes. And my thing was food. And so when people would ask me, what can I do for you today? How can I, I say, bring me, bring me a, a peach cobbler. Peach cobbler was my thing. Shout out to uh, a Chunique's mom uh, who made me a whole bunch of peach cobblers. And my God, <laughs> I, was eat, <laughs> I was eating peach cobblers like peach cobblers were going out of style. And just eating, you know, in the black community, when someone dies, it is tradition that you come over their house and you bring a dish chicken you know so there was a a flood of chicken affair a flood of Popeyes a flood of KFC so there's food 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 and I could I was turning to food so I totally get that so you so you turned to a fifth your roommate found the bottles and then what happened so it was it was real bad (laughs) like you know so I was drinking a fifth a day 
on top of, because I was completely lost. Like, I literally think I may have lost it for a second and no one had even, you know what I'm saying? I, I was Kanye for a second. Like, seriously. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was drinking and then turned to something that I never messed with. I started smoking marijuana heavily. Heavily. Like, it was really bad on top of eating because now I'm drinking got the munchies from smoking so now I'm eating everything Mm -hmm. so when I tell you within months the weight creeped 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 up within not even a year I was I had got all the way up to 490 Mm -hmm. so I mean them pounds creeped right on up Uh, I dropped out of school wow I never like I just wasn't (laughs) I know a lot of people don't don't know but I lost it for a second. Like, it was really, really bad. Um, I just, I wasn't able to bounce back because my my drive was to make her happy. So when you lose the force, instead of, because I wasn't doing it, I didn't, I, I never had got to a place where I was doing something for myself. I wanted her to, like, almost have her bragging rights in a sense. So mm-hmm. everything, you know, me graduating was going to be important for her. You know, me. Right doing everything that I was doing, I wanted to do it for her. So when she left before those things got accomplished, it's like, what am I doing this I for? Lost. <laughs> like, it was like, I was at a complete loss. And the only thing that I felt like I had control over at that time was food and alcohol. Right. I could go buy me a fifth. I can eat this food. Cause I know if your mom and your granny can cook, you can cook. Well, I can't say that. Cause my mom and my grandma can cook and I'm, Super lame. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can I can do a little something. <laughs> um, and so I'm so glad that you touched on that, uh, Whitney, and how your ment- how your mental health plays a role on your physical health. People don't understand that it's not separate. And I, I, I say that on all my shows. You can't compartmentalize, you know, your health. Last week we had the dentist on, and, and that's your oral care. You can't just take care of one part of your body. We're, we are a whole being and then expect that you can't take care of the other parts of your body. So your mental health plays a role into your physical health. If your mind is not on par with you, with the rest of you, <laughs> then nothing is going to be on par. Your mind has to tell you, go work out. Um, go get on that treadmill. Yeah. Don't put that into your mouth. And then, like she's saying, she lost her mom. I'm trying to tell you, if you never lost your mom, you literally have a psych psychotic break you're literally going through psychosis (laughs) so I can totally you really (laughs) I can totally relate when you're saying that you lost it and probably nobody noticed I feel the same thing with with myself and I don't want to harp on you know our our parents death because that can take us down a whole nother road but Right. People kept on saying, but you just seem so happy. And I'm looking like, I'm dying on the inside. <laughs> can, yeah. so, can someone just hug me? I just like need a hug. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, but I also want to know at the same time, because we can get to a place where we get comfortable with something, were you physically comfortable being 500 pounds? And then the caveat to that, um, if you weren't comfortable, did you experience any uh, health scares due to being overweight and what was those experiences like well i'm gonna be honest with you so in 2013 i went on this whole big health kick i'm like oh i'm gonna lose this weight i was doing excellent for two years i lost 158 pounds at that time i was i started at 490 
lost 158 pounds. I mean, I was popping, okay? My <laughs> whole <here>. point <laughs> my whole point and drive for that process was uh I wanna beat the hands of obesity. So what happened to my mother and grandmother grandmother wouldn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. Again, still making it about somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Ah. So I'm like, okay. So I'm still out here, I'm doing all of this, like I was really getting blessed. I started video blogging, got 30,000 followers on Instagram like that. You out here. People were asking me to do like seminars. I spoke you a celebrity. University. Let me tell you, when you get, <laughs> when you, when you got 30,000 followers, you a celebrity. When I got my thousand, so everybody follow me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't tell me it was not fame, bro. So you was really doing really well to achieve that. Um, so, okay. So you did that. Um, moving yeah. forward. And so what happened after that, uh, so I was doing good. Now, my high school sweetheart was Quinton. Now, uh, we were both in uh, Michigan. We were both originally from Saginaw, but we met in Flint when we were both going through the same school. Okay. Mm-hmm. So me and him, we were kicking in or whatever. We played that game for a couple years. But he eventually, uh, Michigan really wasn't working for him with his career choice, so he relocated to Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't do long-distance relationships. I'm like, my mom, I'm not going to move with no man, so bye. You know, so I had to <laughs> cut that off. Right. So I'm down here. So when, the moment he left is when I took everything and went straight to weight loss. So that's when I started popping. So long story short, um, we kept in touch, you know, over the time or whatever. So we end up rekindling and he proposed. I'm like, okay. So I said, I guess I'm going to be moving to Springfield. <laughs> now, when my husband, when Quentin um, left, he was overweight, but he, my husband is 6'6". So he might have been about 400 when he moved, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like he had a big. It was more like football player statue type. You know, I was always bigger than him. I want everybody to understand that. I weighed more than my uh, Dick Quinn before he moved. Mm -hmm. So we hadn't saw each other outside of like Facebook and like video chats and stuff like that. We hadn't saw each other in a while, you know. So I'm down here practicing celibacy at the time, grinding, (laughs) doing my thing, losing weight. Um, When we rekindled, I ended up relocating to Springfield. So I I left all my family and friends. My job, you know, I was, you know, working in my career, doing my thing. Um, I, I just changed everything. My support system, mm-hmm. my my strategies, everything I was doing in, in uh, Michigan, I left when I came to Springfield. So my mindset is, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to help him get healthy. We're going to do this together. We're going to get it. Mm, mm, mm. But it didn't <laughs> dawn on me that it's easy to pull somebody. It's easy to pull somebody down than to lift them up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I came here, when I, what I thought I was going to be doing, my husband started introducing me. We started, we, this is my eating buddy. Okay. I came down here, girl. We got to eat. I mean, I had, I hadn't drunk soda in two years. Well, pop, you know, we was popped in when we moved to Missouri, it became soda. It's still pop. I'm drinking It's still pop. It's still pop. It's still pop. It's still pop. I'm drinking soda, eating again. And here I am like, okay, I have to be a good wife because you got to keep your husband by cooking, right? So I'm cooking, you know, making sure he eating good, like all the health stuff. No, and I'm more going to the gym now. I just started a new job. I went from teaching, which is walking around all day, 
to working in a call center mm-hmm. and sitting down, just eating. I mean, I'm talking about the pounds that started creeping on up. Now, mind you, we also planned the wedding. So that's extra stressful as well in the meantime, okay? Mm-hmm. I thought God was torturing me and punishing me with the weight gain because I was shacking up because I should have stayed <laughs> in Michigan after the wedding was planned. So I said, Lord, I think you just whooping my butt because I came down here. Isn't that interesting, the, 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 the thoughts that we have? <laughs> We love we love to put it on God when we're when we're doing when we're do, like God did not put the weight on you you literally exactly. were putting the food to your mouth like God didn't come down and was like come sit on my lap and let me feed you a pound of food <laughs> <laughs> that was all but you that, that was all you baby what girl what type of excuses that just show you what type of excuses we make you know what I'm saying. Um, I wanted to blame everybody but myself, you know, so my mm-hmm. husband was like starting to feel bad or whatever. So long story short, by the time I had bought my wedding dress, I couldn't even fit it anymore. Oh, I pushed my wedding back because I, truth be told, I had gained too much weight to fit the dress that I had purchased. I had to get a whole nother dress. Wow. Okay. Because I could not fit the dress. I had bought, because I was popping, you know, I had bought the dress, couldn't even get it halfway on. Oh, my gosh. So, um, when I tell you on my wedding day, I was so miserable. I was 525 pounds. Mind you, half of my friends and family hadn't saw me like that because I was living in a whole nother state. Mm -hmm. When I left, you know, I was popping you know walking around here trying to squeeze myself into almost you know size 20 coming from a 32 Mm -hmm. and I gained everything back wow that had to be a shocker and so I was gonna ask you and you talked you brought your husband in that's what I was gonna ask you how does your how does being married help you fight the battle of the bulge now because I've saw on Instagram you and your husband are in this fight together and you guys have been losing weight together so at first like you said this was your eating buddy and now this is your fitness buddy so how did that change how does that change okay that's how it's hard hard you know and of course my husband and I we have a full talk we have understandings we 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 come to realization of our struggles and everything but it is hard see when I was in Michigan it's hard marriage is hard already okay and then when you talking about two food addicts Mm. coming together and then trying to be equally yoked on this weight loss journey it was off the chain you know and it wasn't until April um, where our my, our my marriage was really rocky at this time because a lot of health issues hit me. So you I basically didn't realize how bad I was. So you guys were basically the Whitney and Bobby of food addiction. Yeah, it was tumultuous. Yeah. Straight up, <laughs> straight up. You was pretty much better myself. <laughs> like, we were literally the Whitney and Bobby of food. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about we could throw it back. It, it right. got <laughs> I kid you not, it was so bad that my husband and I 
on a daily basis mm-hmm. would get a three liter a piece. When oh we had gosh. one meal, we had a three liter a piece. A piece. Wasn't even no sharing. And a you would three, drink the whole. And you would drink and the I whole. Would drink it in a day. In a day. And and that's crazy because again, that's that that's those those liquid calories and three liters. I'm not to my listeners out there. Liter. Anyone who's gonna listen to this show, when. It's it is good to read food labels. So when something says um, uh, amount this part this can this is eight servings in here and then or it'll say total in this package is two servings. So if it's telling you that you're if you it, or it might say eight chips is one serving. So if you're eating a bag of chips and you eat beyond the eight chips, that's one serving. You're eating like four servings of something. So for them to be drinking a three liter of pop. That is a piece. A, a piece that is super excessive, and it's funny because I'm thinking about in the in the Bobby movie when um when when Bobby passed out of a stroke from you know being on their crack binge and or excuse mm-hmm. me crack is whack what the coke or the heroin whatever they were on the heroin and he passes out and when he said well I'm gonna smoke this without you <laughs> so would y'all like that like yep. oh you ain't gonna eat oh, I'm gonna eat this without you I'm about to go eat this food without straight me. up <laughs> straight up straight up yeah and, like for real and on April the 7th um I was at work and I was not feeling well I told my husband, I wrote him, I was like, hey, I don't feel good. I need to, I might have to go to the hospital or whatever. And he's like, okay. So um, he came and schooled me from work, went to the hospital. And my blood pressure Mm. when I walked in the hospital was 220 over like 170. I want to pause right there. For the people that are listening, I wanted you to tell you there. So when you get your blood pressure, you have systolic and diabo- uh, diastolic. Um, systolic is the top number. A diastolic is the bottom number. To be within a normal range, you need to uh, the, the the systolic number should not be over one twenty, and the diastolic number should not be over eighty. Right? That anything above those numbers that is considered high blood pressure if she was in the 200 range of blood pressure now remember normal range is up to 120 she's she didn't peaked to 200 she's she's at heart attack levels i want you guys to know that that's heart attack levels anything over 120 is actually you're you're at risk for a heart attack period so okay so your blood pressure is high what happens so i went to the hospital um, I went to like a, it, it's called Coxnorf. It's like a, it's not an urgent care, but it's not the big, big hospital. It's a smaller scale version of it. So I went in there and they, you know, was trying to run tests or whatever. So they took my blood pressure. That was my blood pressure. So they had me in the bed, had um, IVs on me. And the IV, when they went to go put the IV in my arm, um, they couldn't even get to my veins, so they had to call ultrasound because my I was too big. That had never happened to me before. Wow. You want to think that you have so much fat on your arm that they can't get to your vein, so they had to hook me up to an ultrasound machine to give me an IV, mm. okay? Then they wanted to run uh, a CAT scan, uh, MKG, and another, another um, test on me, okay? I, so they, they pulled me down, 
I went to the uh I went back there to get in a little machine. So you have it's basically a big tube. They have to stick like the first half of your body from your breast up to do this CAT scan to see what's going on with you, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a weight limit, okay? For Springfield, the weight limit was 500 pounds. Oh, so wow. they put me on a scale. The nurse said, oh, you, you, um, oh, you, you exceed the weight. We can't do it. And just roll me back to my room. So I'm like, okay. And so after about an hour, the doctor came back in. And they gave me one blood pressure pill that brought my blood pressure down maybe 180, maybe mm-hmm. 180. And the doctor said, um, yeah, we're sending you home. I can't, I can't diagnose you, so I can't treat you. So at this point, we're just going to send you home. And we're going to recommend that you get weight loss surgery. Oh, wow. So I want to... I wanna- I want to kind of along the same vein of you going into the hospital and basically them refusing you care because you're overweight. Do you yeah. feel judged by the medical community when you have a health crisis? Um, because do you feel like they're looking at you like, oh, you're so big, you could have prevented it? Even though you shouldn't feel that way with a health care provider, do you feel that way? Because obesity is such a wide field and it can cause being overweight or being obese can cause so many. It's, a, it's like a it's like a gateway issue mm-hmm. and it can cause so many other things to happen that when you when you are morbidly obese, the first thing any doctor, any hospital is going to say is the reason you are going through this is because of your weight. Mm-hmm. The reason you are going through this is because of this and because of that. But that was just the top of it. That was just the top of it. I was discriminated so bad during this time that it was insane. I ended my husband was so upset. Oh, girl, I hope I would even start crying because it was so bad. Mm-hmm. I ended up going home that night. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, I didn't know if I was to wake up. Mm-hmm. I had just a a month and a half prior went and buried my cousin. She had just turned 50. She had a stroke. Mm -hmm. And I remember laying in my bed. It was April 7th. I laid in my bed and I cried. Mm. I said, Lord, I am only 31 years old. I'm not ready to go. I'm sorry. I don't know how I let myself get to this place. I don't know why I let myself eat myself <laughs> into this coffin. I call my body a coffin. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was so confused. And I remember I called my husband into the room and I looked at him because something spoke to my spirit. I call it the Holy Spirit, you know, mm-hmm. spoke to my spirit and said, one more chance. One more chance. One more chance. I heard it as clear as day. So I called my husband into the room. I said, now, mind you, all while I'm here, we would try different diets. It wouldn't last more than like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Okay. We would try it. And it was like a big yo-yo. So I called him in there and I, I mean, I'm talking about crying like somebody had just died. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you I were said, dying. You were literally dying. I, 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 did, I did not know if I was going to make it through the night. I thought I, I literally thought I was going to go to sleep and I was not going to wake up. Mm-hmm. And nobody was going to be able to know. They were going to tell me what was wrong with me. They were, they were going to do the same thing they did to my mama, deny me an autopsy mm-hmm. under her insurance because she was obese. Mm-hmm. They would not tell me what was wrong with my mama. They just said, oh, it was a heart attack. They would not do an autopsy on her because she was overweight, because she was morbidly obese. Uh, that, that's interesting uh, not to stop your story for anyone listening out there if the hospital denies giving you an autopsy you do have the option to pay for your own I just want you to know that um, um, they at, when my mother passed on they refused to give the autopsy not because she was overweight but because the facility that she was at did some foul play and they didn't want it to come to pass. Most people don't have money to pay for their own autopsy. It does cost about $1,500. But the joke was on them because we were able to pay for it. And so we got a separate one done. So I would never want anyone to go through this and thinking that when they deny you can't get one on your own, you can pay for one um, and they and then they will do it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And so you called your husband. And I'm, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just no, say, no, go ahead. I'm you, sorry. you called your husband in the room and then. No, I was going to say, even to piggyback off of what you're saying, what you were just saying, because my mother was only 44 when she passed away, she didn't even have any type of insurance policy or anything. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to pay for her service. Mm. We were trying to get her buried. The mm. last thing, you know, was to pay for an autopsy. I'm like, I don't have money for nothing. Mm-hmm. Her bills weren't even paid for that month. Mm. So we, I had people coming to the house and the water got cut off. So I had to come out of pocket just to pay the water bill because we had people coming to bring food and stuff. So that's another story though. <laughs> like it was bad. It yeah. was really, really bad. So that wasn't even an option. But when um, I talked to my husband, I told him at that moment, I said, we're done. I said, I cannot do this anymore. I said, this is now or never. I was like, at this point, if you can be with me or not, I don't care. But this is what I'm doing. I'm going over here to left where the health is. Mm-hmm. And um, God put in my spirit to video blog my journey. Mm-hmm. So I said, he said, give me 100 days, I'm going to break every chain. That's what I was believing God for. Mm. I said, I'm going to video blog my journey for 100 days and see what's going to happen out these 100 days. And when I tell you from April, from April through now, nothing but health issues hit me. Every attack that you can think of came to me. Mm-hmm. I so the, the so I ended up going back to the hospital like two weeks later. Now, mind you, in those first two weeks, I lost a lot of weight. And just in those first two weeks, like I lost like twenty pounds super quick. Mm-hmm. I I literally the next morning I threw everything bad away in my house. I threw away all bread, all sugar. I just was I didn't even have money to go to the grocery store just yet. Um, so I was just eating. I had some canned green beans. You know, you know, we got some <laughs> vegetables, and I was just yeah. eating some meat and vegetables for two weeks. Was that work? got sick again had to go back to the hospital didn't go to the same one went to another hospital and no matter of fact i'm sorry i had lost 20 over 20 pounds because i could get in the machine now mm-hmm. the mri mri machine so when i went to the hospital this time they did my mr they they scanned me or whatever 
They gave me blood pressure bill. They diagnosed me as being hypertension, a hypertension with hypertension. My blood pressure did not ease up at all. And then turns out they, um, I had to go through all of these tests. They discovered I had fibroids. I would have never been able to see it because they had to scan. When they scanned my body, they were able to locate them. So they said I had multiple fibroids. And the doctor said, uh, at this point, we're going to have to do your hysterectomy. Mm. Wow. Mm. I was like, <laughs> so my husband and I, that was so, ooh, that was so hard. Because my husband wanted children so bad, newlywed, and they told me that they were going to take that opportunity away from me. Mm. I went into such a horrible depression. So I'm still video blogging, though, right? So Whitney, like, I refuse okay. to cry, okay? I refuse to allow you to suck me into a tearful (laughs) evening okay because that just broke my heart I'm sorry oh my god it's being so they diagnosed me with fibroids so they set me up an appointment with a specialist at a cancer center and it was like a month out, okay? Cancer center. No, it was like two months out because it was like really, really backed up, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, about two weeks later, I went back to the hospital. I got rushed from the hospital. I got rushed for work by ambulance. <laughs> you, you saw me with ambulance. Oh, <laughs> ambulance. <laughs> the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I got rushed to the, um, I had got rushed to the hospital from work. Got to the hospital, and turns out my gallbladder was bad. Hmm. So they wanted to do emergency surgery. Ga- gallbladder remover, removal. Yeah. The good thing yeah. is, I want to pause right there. It you can get your gallbladder mo- removed. It's one. Of, it's one of the organs in your body that you literally don't need. Um, <laughs> I had a gallbladder right. scare at work uh, a year and a half ago, twenty seventeen. So last year. Um, I, I collapsed at work. My side was hurting real bad, and then the um, the 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 EMTs came, and they was like, "This this looks like the area of your gallbladder might have to be removed." And you know me, Whitney. I'm super dramatic. I I start I crying. Oh, hey. <laughs> you know I'm like, ah! and <laughs> I'm losing my mind in the in the middle of work. And he said, "It's okay. My wife just had it done like two weeks ago. You don't even need it." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> but it is but it is scary to hear that something has to be removed out of you so yes well the thing was because of my size I was still very high risk Mm -hmm. for being put to sleep yes so um they ended up scheduling it out for like um that I ended up having it that June the middle of June um and when I went there to get my gallbladder surgery, right? Mm-hmm. So they put me to sleep or whatever. And it took me a while to come out. But after they did it, the doctors met, called my husband in this little conference room. While I'm still, I ain't even came out yet, okay? Mm-hmm. The doctors told my husband that I have an enlarged liver, or they call it the fatty liver. Mm-hmm. My liver is seven times bigger than the normal size mm. and that I was not going to live to see 45. You just don't tell you. First of all, don't tell me that. And my wife's still under anesthesia. 
You tell I, me that. I kid you not. <laughs> you need to tell me that five days later, okay? Because I'm already going through some turmoil. That is insane. <laughs> Girl. You know, Mind Whitney. You, I still haven't even went to go see about these fibroids there, right? Uh, so I'm, all of this is just building on me. And yet I'm still trying to lose weight. That was, at that point, the only thing I felt like I had control over was what I put in my mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing everything I can just to do it. And then after that, we, we, we did all right. Um, went to me with the specialist. Um, after she did the fibroids, I only had one. Mm. And this set off of my uterus. So I could feel, she said, I shouldn't have a problem having kids. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I was so happy. Praise God. Praise him. Yes, God. (laughs) She can still have a baby, Lord. That had broke my heart. I know. It was so hard. Oh, wow. But God, so you can still have a baby. Oh, that just made my heart so happy. We have a few. First of all, Whitney, that just, you don't even know how happy that just made me because I was over here super depressed. (laughs) To hear that you said that you can still have this baby. Uh, We had some people in the chat room. I want to acknowledge them. Shout out to Body by Romeo 365. Wayne Terrence has joined. Brett, Corey. Um, Brett wants to ask you, uh, what advice would you give someone now after everything that you've gone through? What advice would you give um, the listeners out here now or someone going through your same struggle? Keep just keep fighting no matter what. Things are going to happen. Life happens. But my favorite quote now is control the controllables. Sometimes mm. it may be things around you that you don't have necessarily the control over, but what you do have control over, you control it to the point where you master it. If you know you can't do nothing else but go to church and pray, mm. you do that. If you know you can't do nothing else, but if you can't, if you, because a lot of people feel like they can't afford to be healthy, okay? And I get it. Get- Health food costs a lot of money. Yeah, listen. I, had, I, I had video <laughs> blogs of how to um, diet on a budget. Girl, I worked at Dow, so we were eating $50 a week and was losing weight, okay? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important just to keep fighting, and you have to find your why. If you don't understand your why, you're not going to be successful. Just hold on to your why. Whatever it is that motivates you. And this ain't even not just with weight loss. Just anything. anything in your life. Amen. Find your why and push from that, you know. Body by Romeo said that you need to uh, make a t-shirt, control the controllable. It would sell like hotcakes. Okay, look at it. Okay, I see you, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Listen, listen. That's my Coach. He is so dope. And that man, let me tell you, he has been such a blessing to my household. He's a coach. He's awesome. Like he, he's had my back in ways, man. Like that's that's the homie. I, I, yeah. Shout out to Body but, by Romeo. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at Body by Romeo three sixty five, and we want to thank him for for tuning in today. Uh, he's he's laughing in the chat room. Um, <laughs> Terrence in the chat room said he was very convicted and got goosebumps when you tell, told your husband we are done. Sometimes you got to speak to those demons. I don't want to get churchy on you, but sometimes <laughs> you got to speak. <laughs> speak to all those times, honey. You got to speak to them. 
<laughs> we are you done. Know, I'm divorcing you, you. You know you walking. You know you walking in where you supposed to be walking because this whole little six-month journey, the enemy did everything he could to discourage me and pull me off my track, mm-hmm. you know. And to top it all off, I had went after we had the whole fibroid situation, right? Mm-hmm. So we can have a baby now. Woo! Please believe the end of July, we got pregnant. Wow. Ooh, praise the Lord. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Girl, August, I had a miscarriage. <sighs> that almost took me completely out, okay? Like, I was like, Lord, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to cope? How am I supposed to make it? Like, mm-hmm. what is happening? But guess but what, when Whitney? You get to that place. Let me, okay, let me, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the beauty in that, and I know I don't, you know, who, who, who could say beauty in that? I've never had a miscarriage. I can only imagine. But the beauty in that is you had, to, God wanted you to get a little bit more healthier so that you can mm-hmm. carry that baby, that, that, that baby we, we gonna have, we gonna have a baby. And he just needed you yeah. to get a little healthier. And because remember, you just lost all that weight in July, you were still losing weight. And now you're at 98 mm-hmm. pounds. And we already know that babies bring on additional weight. So mm-hmm. just know delay, but yet not denied. Because we got, we just trying to get you a little healthier, lose a little bit more weight so that baby can incubate in the most healthiest state ever. Okay? So yes. I just wanted you to, yes. to know that that part. And I want you to be encouraged on, on that part. Yeah. Because I, I, I got to move forward, Whitney, because you about to make me cry. And <laughs> Terrence already said <laughs> you ain't crying already because I cry about, about every show. And <laughs> so, <laughs> I want us to go out in a victorious way. But so you've lost weight. You've had all these health scares. You still overcame. You're still rocking it out. You got your village, uh, your, your village. You got your trainer. You got your husband on board. Cause I felt like he, he saw in your eyes that you weren't about to play nobody's game with this weight loss nope. and y'all moving <laughs> and, and y'all moving forward. And so how, um, a lot of a lot of the questions I had we we touched on, but how, since you've lost weight, how has it affected the way people treat you? Uh, I know we said at the top of the show, people tend to judge people that are overweight. They kind of treat them bad, but it's like when you get that little makeover, people their attitudes change towards you. How has weight loss in this journey? How has it affected the way people treated you? Um, and, and who else is encouraging you to stay on this path besides, uh, body by Romeo? You know what? I would definitely say that being in Springfield without having a lot of family and support, uh, my biggest set of support at this time is going to be the company I work for at T-Mobile. Oh my God. Like my job has been the biggest 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 set of motivate first of all my team manager is like a freaking bodybuilder <laughs> super that, into health that helps. my coach is a health like fanatic uh i have a lot of people on my team like ariel miranda kc shout out to the whole team the way <laughs> like, that's the team right there and they're like on my actual team you know and then a job that i work at i have excellent health insurance since I had all those health issues, everything is free for me right now. I don't even have a copay. So Shout I'm out able to, to get all of my health. I've, I And I'm literally able, I get a discount for my gym um, through my job. Um, 
everything fires with my health is covered. We run like biggest loser challenges. Even my company was so supportive. Even when I couldn't couldn't fit in the machines, they sent me a whole list of companies that were partnered with outside of the Missouri, Springfield area, but around Missouri and the surrounding states. Mm-hmm. And my insurance would have covered my transportation if I needed to get to a specialist. Okay, yeah, for free. Okay. Shout out to T-Mobile. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to, shout out to free. You okay. know I love but the free. Yeah. <laughs> we also are, my job has a free gym. That's great. And a full cafeteria that offers uh, my low-carb options. I can take any meal and make it a low-carb friendly option. Wow. We have health fairs. Am I working at, at the wrong job. place? Goodness gracious. Yeah. Shout out to T-Mobile. It's, it's, Shameless it's plug. Supportive. Yeah, but now as far as how people treat me, not to sound cocky or nothing, but I've never been one to people never really, I've always been a cool big girl, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like people ain't never, people treated me cool when I was big. Like I've always been cool. Like because when I moved, my first year here, girl, we had a party and over 50 people came. (laughs) What they do to that? I ain't know nobody. You know, I've always been cool. Like, people always want to be my friend and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm in a sorority. I'm all these things. So, even as a big girl, like, groups and stuff, but now people are coming to me about weight loss. They want advice. Like, that is such a blessing. Mm -hmm. Girl, when somebody has my size come up to me asking me about weight loss stuff, I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) no no seriously because i be wanting to ask you because i'm i'm thick you know you know me and my say oh you thick you ain't fat but for me it's bigger and my stomach out here looking like a tire out here in these streets and you know i just (laughs) you know i need i I need help too whitney so i think everybody is fighting the uh battle of the bulge um You you talked about your confidence, everybody liking you. I want you to know that's the first thing my mama noticed about Whitney. She's just like, ooh, she's so confident. Ooh, I love it. You fine. Your confidence has never wavered, no matter your size. Um, How do you remain confident when society wants you to be downtrodden about your weight? You know, we see the things, the clothes for big women, how they want, they they want you to just feel down. And then if you feel good about yourself, I I see a lot of time on the comment sections of things, but she big, she gonna die. What about her heart and all this stuff? So how do you remain so confident? Like I said, when society wants you to be downtrodden. Because I've always been the one that was team big girl. I was the one that was kind of like the heartbeat for the big girl community. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come like, on, I heartbeat. Wanted, I wanted the world to accept me. I was the mini Monique out here. You get what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> when- <laughs> women are evil. Like, I made it my duty to find the flyest outfits wherever I can go. Right. If I couldn't rock the name brand, baby, I'm going to rock the... I've I always been like that. I've always had my own sense of style. You know, it's so funny because people be at work like, oh, you always dress so cute. And I'm like, what? You know, but... I've never been that person. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm the big girl. Statistics show that black educated women and add a big girl on top of that, obese on top of that, don't get married. I'm beating every statistic. You know what I'm saying? Baby, she married. Married. You know. Hashtag married. 
Hashtag married out here. Let me tell y'all something. Whitney is married, okay? And it's these skinny bitches out here that ain't even married. And it's so funny because, I, you know, when these little video clips come on Facebook and then it'd be like the 600-pound person with a whole man or a husband. And the first thing people say... I know, I know that something must be wrong because how she get a husband or how, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's more than the physical, you know, Whitney just told y'all she out here extra popping weight and all yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> weight or no weight. But the confidence, is even better, the confidence though, you know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So has losing weight. Uh, soared your confidence it has it increased it even more because you was already a 10 out here now what is you 25 what's happening here with your (laughs) self-esteem listen you know i'm gonna be honest with you um this last go around depression had hit so even before the health scares i started seeing a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. um because certain times of the year i get super super depressed and i you know and it just steams off and what my psychiatrist and I determined that I have seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. Seasonal so, affective disorder for those who don't know. It's called- no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Now, I thought I had seasonal. I had situational depression. Situational. Okay, okay. All yeah. Right. Situational depression. I didn't even know, you know, that really existed. So she said the reason she couldn't diagnose me is because everything I was saying, the moment those things changed, I wouldn't feel depressed anymore. And I'm mm. like, oh, yes, yeah, she don't know what she's talking about. But in reality, the more weight I lose, I have more days where I'm not depressed, more days where I'm not turning to food to eat and stuff. So the more I'm the more I'm helping my body, the better I'm becoming all around, you know, and of course, turning it over to God. That's number one, because, oh, a homegirl wouldn't make it. <laughs> True, indeed. So, so I, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because inquiring minds want to know how has your sex life been affected by your weight both when you were at your heaviest and since you've lost okay so uh remember i was bigger than my husband i was he met when he met when my husband met me it was literally um the september after my mother passed away so i was still one mentally all the way there right so Mm -hmm. i wasn't all the way there but um my husband, it was a chubby chaser, you know what I'm saying? So he killed <laughs> me or whatever. So back then, we used to be off the chain with it, okay? Like, that's that's what it was. Like, uh, it was just, and it's so funny. You can ask any friend. I always said that Queen was always my best. Like, always. Back then, okay? How awesome oh my God. is it to marry your best? We, who who, get, who gets to say that they married their best? <laughs> Their best, right? You know, and I mean, I'm talking about you can. I got friends you can can verify and vouch for it. Like she's always rolled on that. So oh you my know, God. I'm not just flexing. Lord Jesus. But, <laughs> so when I first got here, you know what I'm saying? I came up this two and a half years celibacy span. So. I'm like, I'm getting married now. I got my ring, so whatever, whatever, whatever. (laughs) But the more I started to gain weight, I began to lose my confidence in that area. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't as much as I always wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Because I just didn't feel confident anymore. Like, you know, my back would hurt so bad. Like, it was to a point where... 
I couldn't stand up more than 30 seconds. Oh, no. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, you know those 600-pound life they be stuck in the bed? Like, mm-hmm. when I came home from work, I was in my bed. Like, and I asked my husband to wait on me almost hand and foot. Like, it was really, really bad. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, oh, you know, when he was trying to, like, light it up, I'm just like, Oh, I'm hurting. And he knew I was hurting. Like, my back was hurting. My leg was hurting. My knee was hurting. All the essential, all the essential things you need to get it popping. So, to get it popping. You need your knees. So, so it was really. You need your back. (laughs) So, you know, we we would, you know, do what we had to do. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't like. I mean, it wasn't all the time. It was really bad. You know what I'm saying? So now we didn't lost 160 pounds, to over 160 pounds altogether. I, we don't have a record of what my husband's top weight was yes. because our scale only went to 550. Mm-hmm. So his last reported was 448. That's but awesome. from pictures, we definitely know it was more. I don't know how far down the scale. But we definitely know it was a lot more than that. You know what I'm saying? And he's a couple pounds away from breaking the fives now. So he's doing really, really good. Shout out to Mr. Wheeler. (laughs) Shout out to Mr. Wheeler for um, sticking to this. I'm glad you guys are doing it as a couple because it is easier when both people are on the same page. It it, it just, it just is. Um, so um, we're going to close out soon, but I want to know what are your top five health goals for 2019? Right now we're in the fourth quarter of 2018, about to enter into 2019. It's a fresh, a fresh, you know, about to have a fresh start. And every year people say new year, new me. So um, what are you, <laughs> and I know people get mad when people say that, but I say it's okay for, for people to feel like the new year is the, the, where they can hit the restart button. It's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. And it's okay to be, a new year new me so what are your top five health goals for 2019 and how do you plan on achieving them well um my goal in and out of in and out of 2018 I want to break into the the 300 club so I want to hit 399 before this year is up that's my first goal Mm -hmm. so for 2019 I really want to get to a healthy balance I'm concentrating a lot on non-skill victories as well because a lot of times we get caught up in the number. I'm trying not to get caught up in the numbers. I want to go size. So I want to be a certain size. I don't, I'm not going to specify. I don't know exactly what I want, but my non-skill victories is the fact that January I'm going on my first cruise, mm-hmm. as well as my first plane ride. <laughs> I've never oh. been on an airplane before oh, wow. because of obesity. You know, I was always scared, you know. So those are going to be two things that I'm going to accomplish. Those are my goals. And also, um, I have some things in the work uh, with my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So stay posted for that. So I got some things in the works. I, I haven't got, I don't have all the details going for it yet, but I want to bring a lot more awareness to obesity. And I want to create a platform for women as a whole who struggle with obesity to have a safe haven to get to that place. But my overall goal by the end of 2019. I want to start traveling to meet a lot of women who's in that dark place, mm-hmm. the place that they feel like they can't come out of. I want to start doing like fundraisers where I can go and spend like a couple of days just to like get them started on like a good food program. Mm-hmm. We can do some workouts, some things yes. that I know that I had to do 
different things of that nature. So I really want to go full force. You just start in Dallas with me. You can come over to my house. We can yes. <laughs> you can come on my house. You get my kitchen together. We can have all the fun. Because, you know, every time we link up, it's a celebration. So, Girl, it's a celebration. <laughs> yes. Those are some well, those phenomenal are goals. I definitely want to do. Those are yeah. phenomenal goals. I'm so I'm so proud of you um, that you're going to get on your first plane ride. That makes me so happy, and that will further your goals to getting where you need to be. My mother left this earth at 53 years old, had never gotten on a plane, and so my mother too. <laughs> and so it's just those little things that that we don't even think about that you know are are life changing, and it can be scary, it can be fearful. That but once you accomplish accomplish that one thing, that you know you can get over the next hurdle. I want everyone to leave this podcast to know, to remember that you can control the controllable. Um, If you're, you know, Christian, one of the prayers that we pray is the serenity prayer. Lord, give me the courage to um, change the things that I can change uh, um, and and accept the things that I cannot change and the wisdom and the courage to know the difference. To know the difference. Because sometimes we, we get out of whack we start to overeat. We start to do things that are detrimental to our, ourselves because we're not relinquishing the things that we can't control. And so we're trying to control the things that we're can't, we can't instead of having the wisdom to control the things that we can. So we can control what goes into our mouth. And, I, and I'm cutting myself with a two-edged sword because I need to know that too. I struggle with weight. I struggle with weight gain. I struggle with uh, emotional eating. And as Whitney said, this time of the year is very hard for me because this is the time of the year that my mother passed on. So when this time of the year comes, you know, check on those friends who have lost someone close to them because this is when I sink. I begin to sink and I begin to eat and eating that comfort part, it makes me happy. <laughs> it's my little happy yep. little center there, and I feel comfortable there. So check on those people around you. Um, and Whitney, if you could pick one, just one, to have for five years, would you pick a personal chef, a personal trainer, or would you go for a weight loss surgeon? Who are you choosing? I am definitely going to say a trainer. <laughs> that's because yeah, body I'm by romeo listening that's the only reason she selected yeah. that one <laughs> no but seriously a trainer is yeah because trainers are very expensive we tried to find a local trainer in springfield now i live in an all springfield is an all-white time i fought the brother he told me for him and my for my husband and i he uh for a three to four week no for a four-week program it was going to be nine hundred dollars jesus i said okay <laughs> nice meeting you. It was, a, it was nice to know you, sir. Great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So definitely a trainer. Trainer is very expensive. I I think I would go with the trainer too. Um, in a few weeks, I'm gonna have a woman on the show named That Dow Got Sleeve. To actually, you you're going the more natural way, and she actually went and got the sleeve surgery. So I'm gonna get a different perspective on weight loss with her in a few weeks. Cool. You know, so I'm not gonna knock anyone that goes that way. I'm actually scared 
scared. A lot of people are scared to go under the knife. So we're going to definitely get her perspective. I would definitely go to personal trainer because they can motivate you. And I'm the type of person, you and I are both cheerleaders. Uh, We were cheerleaders growing up. And people always tell me I still have a cheerleader spirit. It's in us. It's in us, Whitney. (laughs) So because we are cheerleaders, we need that personal trainer. We need that motivation. We need that person to cheer us on and we can feel like we're in the game together. So I definitely do that. Um, Corey in the chat room said that we need to have you on Tanae Talks again because you are awesome. Whitney, you are awesome. You are motivating me. You You are motivating people across the world, across this nation, because many people don't know that they can get up out of this. That night when you were at home on April 7th and you laid down and you thought it was the end, somebody would have laid down and closed their eyes and it would have been the end. But you spoke to that mountain and you said, we are done. And you have been done ever since. And the thing that I love the most about you, Whitney, because as you, if you're just tuning in and you're going to go back um, and re-listen to this whole episode, is that Whitney has been on this health journey time before, time again, time and again. And the thing is, she says she just never stops. So you can fall off. We'll start all over. You can fall off, but start all over. And the one thing, I don't know if my listeners got this, that initially when she kept making these changes, she was doing it for other people. It is not until she decided that she's going to do it for Whitney that the change happen so do it for yourself don't do it because you think that guy is going to notice you now don't do it because your mama said that you need to do it or your aunties is always commenting on your weight when you go home for thanksgiving and we know thanksgiving is coming up and i know you want to punch your auntie in the throat but don't you do it (laughs) do it do it You know how they be. Do it for yourself. Because you you know you don't like nobody commenting on your weight. Don't comment on my weight. You comment on yourself. Yeah. And my family was no joke, okay? My family had no problem doing interventions with me, okay? okay. <laughs> no problem. Interventions. <laughs> don't talk about my stomach. Don't tell me that I got bigger. I already know these things that I don't need you to point out. And so sometimes people think that they're motivating you and they're discouraging you. So if you got nothing out of this, remember, control the control, controllable. So Whitney, we want, uh, in true today Talks fashion, because you are an avid listener, of today talks out here in these streets bow 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 you know that this is the time of the hour when you do your shout out so who you shouting out baby girl oh i am definitely gonna have to shout out i'm shouting out you hey. <laughs> you are so awesome like, i just thank you for giving me this opportunity just to share my story of course a lot of people you know you see people losing weight they popping already they 120 pounds soaking wet looking all good <laughs> looking all extra what? it's the struggle behind it okay <laughs> yeah. it ain't all that so i just thank you for putting the platform on for us your people yes indeed. so thank you tonight talks you are so awesome <laughs> thank you <laughs> Don't Whitney got me feeling like I'm <laughs> Whitney got me feeling like I'm out here. Thank you. That just made me feel so good. Like, come on. Yes, yes. <laughs> you are. You are doing it. And you are gonna blow up. Just don't forget about the little people when you do. Listen, let me tell you what Martin said. When I blow up, kaboom, you blow up. We all blow up when I blow up. Everybody getting up. Well, not That's everybody. I might turn it. I want my people to buy, but I might turn into Kevin Hart, and I still don't need y'all to hate on me. So. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. 
I'm going to be a gatekeeper. So don't try to come at me. <laughs> Down there, Rollins said, I don't owe nobody nothing. So Kevin, I don't owe nobody nothing. But I will look out for my people. You, you already know I have a heart for the people. And I just feel that it's important that people hear these type of stories because we get motivation and encouragement. We never know who we're going to get it from. Somebody needed to hear this story. Somebody needed to hear that you had a, a miscarriage and you still got that beautiful smile on your face and you still fine. Somebody needed to know that you was about to die, literally die, and you got up, Lazarus. You, you got up, Lazarus. <laughs> And you still got it. So somebody needed to know that, that they're not alone. Somebody needed to know that we lost our mamas and we still out here thriving and kicking. Somebody needed to know that they a big girl and they can still get a man, a good man, not just any man, a good hardworking man. They love them uh-huh. no matter what weight size they are. They needed to hear all of that, Whitney. So shout out to you. Who else you giving a shout out to? <laughs> That's about it. That's it for today. <laughs> she want to give a shout out. I know she want to give a shout out to her sorority sisters, the ladies of Z Five B, Beta Sorority Incorporated. Chatty, chatty. <laughs> and of course, shout out to my husband, all my friends, all my supporters, and my job. Just everyone, just thank everyone for the love and support. The comments and stuff even helping so much. I just appreciate y'all so much. Oh, that is so sweet. Um, can you ask T Mobile to be a sponsor of the Tonight Talks podcast? I'm just yes. Like, <laughs> yes. I need to make that happen. Make that happen. Tell them to send me some products or something because I will be a brand ambassador. Um, and my, and I've been with T Mobile for 15 years. They are my phone carrier. So just put that buzz what? in. Yes. yes. Tell, tell them Whitney. So I, Get this shameless plug. Uh, I want to give. <laughs> when are you irritating? Okay, listen. I want to give my shout outs. Shout out to everybody out there battling the bulge. Right now, we coming upon holiday season, uh, Halloween, candy, Thanksgiving, all that good food, Christmas break. And I just want you to know to um, that you can. Uh, rise above it you can select healthy options eat your vegetables and and don't give up and guess what if you do want to splurge a little bit because you with your family and food is how you show your love language it's okay too but just remember to get right back on that horse and ride it uh give a sh- what <laughs> um, no, I said yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> you said yes. Okay. Uh, I want to give a shout out uh, to my sweetheart who uh, we're also trying to be on a fitness journey. And I think that you telling him that we are done destroying our bodies with the food we be eating up, he probably, when I leave, we might go run some laps or something. <laughs> I know that he's going to be pushing me forward and we're going to motivate each other. Shout out to my son, AJ, who is, he was blessed with skinny jeans so he can eat with whatever and I get big and <laughs> um, um, shout out to all my listeners out there everyone that tuned in live today everyone that's going to tune in later on this week while they're on lunch while they're driving to work while they're driving home from work I just want um, to thank you thank you for continuing to support um, Tanae Talks podcast and the movement where Tanae Talks you listen I'm just here to edutain educate you and entertain you 
all at the same time. I want to give a shout out, a special thanks to my guest, Whitney uh, Wheeler, for sharing her story, sharing such intimate details about her struggles in her life that it takes a brave, strong, courageous person to, to share such intimate details of their struggles. So we thank you and we appreciate you. Um, when we close out, we're going to hear from our sponsors, uh, Carrie Angels Home Care. Again, thank you for sponsoring Tanae Talks. And also, their sponsorships, partnerships still available because we need it. I need it to keep this thing rolling. Um, so everyone have a wonderful day. Peace. Caring Angels Home Care. Caring Angels provides exceptional in-home care services for seniors. Such care includes mobility assistance, transferring and positioning, meal preparation, in-home companionship, grocery shopping, incontinence care, and much more. These services can help prolong an aging person's ability to live independently and safely. Caring Angels has locations in Flint and Ann Arbor, Michigan. For more information, call 810-422-5044 or 734-757-5896. Caring Angels is insured and ready to care for your loved one. Caring Angels accepts private payment and long-term care insurance. Let Caring Angels put an earth angel in your loved one's home today. Talks right here, we gon' talk about it right here. We gon' talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. It's today's talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here.